Welcome back to another episode of Interview You. This is your host, Lewis Shine. And hey, I have another special episode today. Um, but before I get into what are we going to talk about today, um, I want to shout out my partners, uh, Dr. Dish. Uh, first of all, again, shout out to Dr. Dish for their recent partnership with FIBA, um, as well as many other partnerships that they have um, you know, um, partner with a lot of different entities lately. Um, just want to shout out them for this, just their advancement and, um, you know, and, um, partnering with different people and getting out there more and, and, and touching lives, because I believe that not only with the products that they have, um, are they significant to the basketball space, but they're also significant because of the care behind what they do. They care about people. They care about, um, you know, the individuals that um, are inspired um, behind what they do. So, I mean, you can totally see that um, as they post on social media, some of the things that they're doing. Um, it's very amazing. And I'm so honored to be partnered with them. Um, and they make great um, machines, great, great products. Um, you know, if you're in the market for a product from them, a shooting machine, you can join, you know, programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Florida, countless others. Even when I coached at the D1 level, we had a Dr. Dish machine and I would use it with my players. So um, I know what the product is like. Um, you know, I've used it. Um, I stand behind it. Um, make sure if you're in the market for a shooting machine, check out Dr. Dish. Um, they've revolutionized the industry. Make sure you visit their website, drdishbasketball.com. That's drdishbasketball.com. And on social media, Dr. Dish B-Ball. Make sure you check them out. Give them a follow. Check out some of their recent posts. They have a lot of great content that will not only help yourself or your players or or your children that play basketball. Um, I believe it will help you out greatly. And also um, our other partner, Dr. Um, David Roberts State Farm. That's David Roberts State Farm for your auto home insurance needs, life insurance. Make sure that if you're in the Ohio area, um, please visit agentdavidroberts.com. That's agentdavidroberts.com. Or you can reach them by calling 419-420-7700. That's 419-420-7700. Well, hey, everybody, I have a, a, a special guest, somebody that's dear to my heart. Got a chance to meet him um, and see him do his thing while attending Miami, Ohio. Uh, without further ado, I want to welcome to the show my man, Trevor Gaylor. How's it going, man? Man, it's going great. It's going great, Mr. Shine. It's going great, man. Uh, glad to hear you doing your thing, man, and I'm really honored to be a part of it. Yes, sir, man. Uh, great to have you on. And like we was talking pre-show, man, I, I it, it's something about, you know, my Miami guys, man, is that that was a special place. Uh, we were all there at a special time, and it's just a lot of great things was going on there, man. So I'm blessed to just be able to cross paths with you, man. But before I give everything away, man, we're gonna take this thing all the way back um, to when the football first touched your hand, man. When 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 is the first time you can remember in your life where the game of football was introduced to you? Like many of us, man, we were in the hood, man, and the, bas and the football game had about 35 people in it, and it was tackle the man with the ball. And <laughs> ended up getting your moves from. That's where you ended up getting your toughness from. And, you know, for me, it's funny. I could throw. I was a baseball player growing up, so I was the quarterback, so I, I found a way to not get hit too much. <laughs> but yeah. uh, that was definitely the first time uh, that I started to really, truly enjoy football was just being in my neighborhood, man. 
uh, with my friends. It's funny though. The, the I love telling the story. I had to sneak on the football team as a freshman in high school. My mother would not let me play football. I was, mm-hmm. scared. you know, she was nervous about me getting hurt. And so little league, she avoided it. She told the coaches no. And I literally snuck on the team and I was caught because I had to wash my practice uniform and she caught it in the dryer. And she was like, what is this? And I said, I, I play football now. <laughs> Dropped her head, walked up the steps <laughs> and the rest is history, man. <laughs> man, that's good stuff right there, man. Um, so let's talk about uh, – so when when did – so, you know, you snuck in plays for football. You know, I know some people that got some stories like that too. And uh, when when did you first realize that you had the athleticism and you said, you know what, I could do something with this game? When, when was that for you? That's a good question, man. Um, off the top of my head, I know when I was a freshman, um, I thought I was a quarterback. And I didn't know the fundamentals, and they threw me out to receiver right away. Uh, my very first ever game, I dropped the ball, and the other team picked it up and scored. And I also scored two touchdowns. But those two touchdowns came with such ease. It was probably that moment I knew that I would be good at football, right? Um, God bless the dead. Uh, our running back, Devon Black, and I made a pact. He needed, I needed his help on the basketball court. He needed my help on the football field. So my junior year, I didn't go out for the team. I was lifting weights, getting ready for basketball season. And he convinced me to come out and play. Well, a long story short, my very first varsity game, I had four catches for 169 yards and four touchdowns. So at that moment there, I knew I could play college football. Man, that's good stuff right there. That sounded like a good game right there. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a nice game. But like I told you, my running back was an All-American. And so there was no safeties around. Everybody was in the box. And I was literally one-on-one with some poor kid who didn't know who I was. I hadn't really been on the field yet. And Trevor Gaylor one-on-one, you're probably going to lose. <laughs> Man. So, you know, uh, got that you know good good senior year off to a good start. When, when did you start to garner that college attention and – you know, kind of have your sights turned to now I'm getting recruited, you know, now I got some choices or whatnot. You know, when did that all start to happen for you? Great question, man. You know, I was a basketball star always, man. And so I thought I was great. And I went to an Adidas camp and I got MVP at the camp and I dunked champion and everything, man. And when I got home, I had one letter and, and no offense, but the letter was from Colgate. And I was like, oh, OK, so maybe I'm not a basketball player like I thought. Well, that same summer, my junior year summer, um, I started garnering a lot of attention. I, Florida came to the school. All the big Midwest teams came, Illinois, Missouri, Kansas State, Kansas, so on and so forth. And when you compare Colgate to, you know, Mizzou, Illinois, Kansas, you're kind of like, ah, I think I might try this football thing. And so the recruiters came heavy, man, and it was real tough for me to not choose Missouri. But uh, Miami of Ohio had the current head coach of Sean Payton as the offensive coordinator. And uh, he was the one that recruited me, and he was the one that convinced me that Miami of Ohio would be my best path. And he was 100% correct. Man. And so, man, you made that choice, man. The OX Oxford. Um, oh. You know, we all know, man, it's, it's, a, it's a special place, bro. It's, it's, it's a place where, um, I don't know, man, when I got there, you know, I was a freshman, I believe. I might have been a freshman. I think you might have been a junior or senior. Uh-huh. And um, I believe that was uh, Jawan's senior year. So I think you guys were seniors at the same time. Am I correct? But Jawan was a year older than me. So Jawan was a senior and I was a junior that year. Okay. So, yeah, I was a freshman. So I came in 
But that year I came in, boy, things was jumping around there football-wise. And you know, I had an opportunity to play on that team that went to the Sweet 16. So, like, me and you know that the atmosphere sports-wise was amazing there. Like, you know, back then, ESPN wasn't on every campus, but they used to come to our campus. Yep. But now ESPN everywhere. So it was different back then. If ESPN showed up, it was something special going on. Man, talk about Talk about a little bit, man, about just your time, you know, arriving at Miami. You know, want to talk a little bit about the just the, the work ethic and grind because, you know, it was different there, man. The, the, the work ethic with the guys had, man. Just kind of talk about just getting there and kind of getting settled and how that was for you. It's a great question, bro, because my path was uh, was uh, led by some great mentors, man, and I will be – I would be negligent not to mention their names, man. And when I first showed up to the to school, Jeffrey Bowman, better known as Jebo, he was my <laughs> hope my visit, man. And anybody knows Jebo knows that Travis Prentice, uh, Vercellus Hammond, God bless the dead, and Jawan Armour were one. Okay, so they all ended up being my host on my visit. So when I get there my freshman year, the energy didn't go anywhere. Uh, they grabbed me, grabbed me by the horns, man, and, and guided me through some things. You know, the coaches were on me tough because I was a freshman. And, I was upset about the way I was being treated. And, you know, because of those guys, I was able to persevere and I was able to mature because that's all the coaches were doing. They were just trying to make sure that you realize this is for real and that there are no more games and that you have to give your best effort. Um, those guys uh, were amazing um, in that process. Uh, made that transition for me very smooth. I played as a true freshman, so I got a chance to get out there right away. And um, it was nerve wracking. Uh, but guys like that, man, along with God bless the dead, Randy Walker, God bless the dead, Terry Hepner, man, just great coaches, man, just good people, man, who really guided me as a man. And I use a lot of those values to this day, man, to get me through uh, some of the everyday adversities that I face. Yes, sir. And, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, because at Miami there was just a different, um, you know, of course I knew there was a lot of disrespect just getting there. It might have went on before I was there, but, just giving props to mid-majors, the Mac, you know. Um, but when I got there, I saw something different. It was like a, a spirit of excellence there. There was a grind that a lot of times you only knew if you were there. I mean, Very true. I seen how you, I seen how y'all worked. I seen how cats worked when we was in the dorms. I see. I used to see guys in their de uh, uh, they defensive back stands, backpedaling down the hallway at, at Hepburn. I seen, oh, I seen, oh yeah. I seen cats. They were serious. Like, talk about just that 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 atmosphere, man, uh, of that work ethic that that you encountered while being there. You know, when you first enter the football program, you walk the hallways, man, and the tradition in that school is just amazing when it comes to coaches, man. It's called the Cradle of Coaches for a reason. We currently have probably over ten coaches in the NFL now, and it's a it's a it's a I don't want to disrespect anybody, but it's a it's a building point. You know, you get to Miami of Ohio, you dominate the Mac, and then you get chances at the big at the big schools. You know, so our, our coaches definitely did a great job doing that, man. And I think the simplicity of Miami allowed us to stay focused, man. There's no distractions in Oxford. You can't go to the club around the corner. You don't have a lot of locals that are doing the wrong things. And so you can become a family and you set a goal. And the only time you have and the only thing you can do is work towards that goal. You know, you don't have the everyday distractions of these large universities that are in these large towns 
where they're spoiled and things of that nature. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of football player privilege going on in Miami of Ohio, you know, so whether it was the classroom, man, or whether it was trying to perfect your craft, you know, you had to work hard, man. And, and it really paid off for us on the field. You know, I think my junior year, we went 10 and one, man. So, you know, it was just family had been built, man. And, and from that, the older guys had set a president of we're going to work hard. We might not win every game. We don't know what's going to happen, but this team is going to get our best shot from week to week. And I would have to give all the credit to the simplicity of Miami, man. And the fact that everything is so close knit. Yeah, it really is, man. I mean, I I can remember as a Hooper, I used to, I used to stay in the summer and work out the football team. Like I actually hung out around football players more than I did the hoop players. Oh, we, but we definitely were one. That's for sure. I remember Wally Zerbiak shooting a couple of J's in my eye too, along with Damon. Frank. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, yeah. I was a football player. And I ain't, I had no business on the basketball court. <laughs> they were the Right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just one of them things, man. I remember going to the football games was a big deal. And then when we look up the football players at our games, it was just, it was a big family, man. I, I really, I really loved it. And during that time, man, of, of just your time at Miami, when when did it turn for you mentally that you know what? I, did you come in knowing that the league was a possibility, or was that something that developed as you you know worked at Miami? I can't even be humble, man. Uh, the second I was, the second I signed, I I knew NFL was a possibility. Now, my very first practice is when I knew for sure. I will never forget. I caught a ball, and I made a move, and I got down the field. And as I was jogging back down the sideline, I overheard some of the older guys saying, we might not have him all four years. And so I started hearing those things, and I was like, yeah. And plus, I just – the game was so easy to me as a freshman. As soon as I got there, I felt like I belonged. The speed didn't really do too much to me. The – the physicality of the game is something that I had to get used to, preparing my body for, 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 for getting hit continuously. So that was the one thing that I had to work on. But I was blessed, man. I had a lot of, uh, of athletic ability, man, along with height. And um, I was able to use that to dominate early. So I would say my freshman year, man, my freshman year, I knew the NFL was, was a high possibility. Man, that's good stuff, man. And I was blessed to be able to see that a lot over at Jaeger, boy. I, I'm blessed to be able to come there when I did, man, because you guys, like I say, it was a lot of you guys, yourself, Jawan, Travis, Dustin. I mean, the names go on. It's, you know, it was just a different type of era. And so <clears throat> tell me out of all that, out of all that goodness right there, you know, the time you was there, I know it might be hard for you to name one thing that was like a greatest memory, but if you can't do one, give me two. Give me two things, man, that, that are most memorable as you look back at your career in Miami. Ooh, that's a rough one. You know, it's, <laughs> I remember the most was um, somewhat of a failure, but an accomplishment for us as a team. So back then, you didn't have 1,900 bowl games. So you really had to impress in order to make a bowl. Well, my junior year, we went 10-1, and one, and we just knew we were going to a bowl. We had wins over North Carolina. We had wins over Virginia Tech. And it was just like, okay, which bowl are we going to? And then we had a chance to learn about politics. And this was something that I got that I got a chance to learn about for life. Our 10 and 1 record didn't mean anything when it came down to the dollar. Other other universities supposedly would have more fan support. And so these bowl games 
we're looking for tourists. It makes sense. You know, it's just to make money. And so for whatever reasons, they felt that our fan base couldn't provide the environment that they looked for. And we had to sit at home with a 10 and one record. But the thing I remember most about it is the proud look on all of our faces, because we knew that we put the NCAA in a bind. We knew that we made them make a choice that was not morally correct. It was politically correct. Right. And so that's one thing I remember is just sitting back for that month about waiting on which bowl game we would get in. And then the fact that we didn't get in one, we really weren't too upset because we felt that we had accomplished what we set out to do. And, and, and that was the bottom line is what was the family's, if you will, goal. And uh, we reached that goal. And it was a great feeling to be with those guys on that team. And I never forget anybody on that team, man. Um, and then the other memory I would have to say, man, is I believe it was, I believe it was the Cincinnati game. Um, probably the sixth or seventh game of the season. And I had officially become Miami of Ohio's all-time leader in receptions, receiving touchdowns, and um, it was receptions and re- touchdowns. And I became the first 1,000-yard receiver in Miami of Ohio's history. And that is something that I will always hold on to because it's a record that can never be broke. Nobody can ever say they caught 4,000 yards before Trevor Gaylor. So those two, I would have to say, are probably my biggest sports memories uh, from school. Man, that that's awesome, bro. Like it's just, and and I think that the the part now. Let me go back. Mm-hmm. The bowl game, I remember that. And listen, ne- uh, neither did the uh, NCAA know. We don't care where the bowl game was going to be. We was going to show up. We was ready to go. Awesome. <laughs> so I how you get thirty thousand people in Jaeger back then? But they did. Our stands used to be packed. Right. And oh man, it was so fun to play in front of that crowd, man, because you knew people in the crowd, you know? That's just that closeness of that Miami University. You know, you guys that you see later on having a good time, and you're like, yeah, you were at the game. Yeah, the game was awesome. You had a good game. And the next thing you know, you're talking to some guy and you get to know him, and you're networking for life, man. You know, you, you, yeah. an area where the success rate is extremely high and is, is a place where you want to rub elbows. You know, you're rubbing elbows with future CEOs, you know, and um, to be able to do that, man, and I didn't realize at the time, but now that I look back at it, you know, it was it was truly a blessing, man. Yeah, man, and and, and that just the atmosphere, man. I, I can remember now. I'd have been to I'd have been to football games, you know, other places or whatever, and you know the whole nostalgia and the hype. You know, you see the on TV, you got the walk and, and all that kind of stuff, man. It was nothing short of that. Nope. Going to a game at Jaeger back then, it was just it was just one of those big deals, man. We had um from uh I could, we had to walk down the hill. I remember the whole bit, man. You're right, man. It was nothing short of you're right. I mean, and it was I can remember my freshman year, uh Ron Harper came back. He had to get to a game. We was all at a game, and it's just it was what people was trying to do. Yeah. It's trying to get it was trying to get to a game. It was, man. You know what the basketball team did with that sweet sixteen, what we did with that ten and one record, man. The campus was on fire, man. It was on fire, man. Yeah. It was amazing, man. And so, so man, you know, I can remember when everything was over, you know, and, and the NFL, you know, it was that time. Walk us through kind of like your last um, – from your last game to now, um, if I'm – correct me if I'm wrong, now you, you're going in the second semester, but, but that's the time where it's like workouts, training, doing all that kind of stuff getting ready for the draft, 
Like walk us through that time and how that was. Great for question, you. man. So I uh, I made the decision to drop out um, after that first semester and to train. I uh, signed with a prominent um, agent by the name of Jimmy Sexton out of Memphis. And so I was no longer at Miami of Ohio. Um, I had my own apartment in Memphis and I had my own truck and I was an adult. Um, I had the responsibility of taking care of my body, uh, whether or not be nutrition, whether or not be uh, working out, whether or not be meditation, the whole bit. And so they put me through a regiment, man, before the combine. And I gained, uh, I want to say, 18 pounds, um, was able to maintain my speed. Uh, the training went great, man. Uh, I had a good combine showing and I was fortunate enough and blessed to be drafted in the fourth round. Um, got to San Diego as a rookie, man, and tore it up. Uh, started my second ever game. Um, but the story goes on. I'm sure we'll probably get into my NFL career later, though, but I just wasn't ready mentally. Um, mentally, I was I was still in a party phase, if you will. Um, I was still in an I made it phase instead of understanding that the hard work was just beginning. And that probably was the big mistake I made uh, within my professional career was thinking that I had already arrived instead of understanding that I had to earn my way again. But like I talked about my freshman year, the game of football just came so easy to me. So I thought I would just continue to just, you know, kind of do the bare minimum and go out there and out athleticize people, if you will. And uh, that yeah. wasn't the case because they can move in the NFL, man. I, I had good success. You know, my teams weren't that weren't that good. Um, quarterback play wasn't that great. Offensive calling wasn't that great. But um, I earned my respect amongst my teammates and they knew I could play. So I felt good about my professional career. Yeah, definitely. And I will tell you this, man, because I remember when you came back, uh, you know, um, I, I can't remember exactly when, but I can remember you came back after the draft to visit campus, man. And let me tell you, man, like just with the family atmosphere we talked about before, man, we were just so proud that one of our guys like made it. Like I can remember it was you. I can remember when Juwan, I can remember when it was Travis. I can remember sitting in the Shriver Center when Ben got drafted. Like, we were just so elated to see our guys. Like, man, that's my boy, you know, like, just excited, man. And, and, and so I know you ain't never heard that from me, man, but I just want to say that because we it, – it blessed so many of us back then because we just wanted to see one of our guys make it. And even now, that's why – it's it's amazing to me just to how you on now just because and we not blood family right. but I feel like we're yeah. family yeah. because we all we all walk them halls we all know what it was like to work out in the bottom of Withrow Ooh. Court you know <laughs> in the weight room <laughs> ah, yes sir yes, you sir. know it, you know it, it's different you know God. <laughs> so man. yes sir that was it that place changed my body that's for sure man that is for sure. Yeah. So we we walk through them Coach D workout. I mean, you know, it's just different things that it's just like we experienced those things and, and it just linked us all together. Yeah. And and so, you know, it, it's just guys like yourself and all the guys I named, you know, down to the guys like Michael, AJ, Corey Walkers and just wow. everybody, yeah. you know that it just makes the whole experience just amazing, bro. So I just wanted to say that to you, man. It just, it, we were so proud. It meant so much to us, man. And, you know, and, uh, you know, so when you came back and visited, 
it was amazing, bro. I gotta say this, Lou. Man, it's funny because I get clumped into the, I guess, uh, door opening phase of Miami football, if you will. And I don't like to accept that because it was Travis Prentice and it was Paris Johnson who were a class in front of me, who went to the league, who went through the combine, who went through everything, who came back to us, showed me what it's like to be there. I understood the severity of getting there, how hard it is, the hard work it takes, the uh, the frustration from trying to make a team. I got a chance to see that from Paris and from Juwan a year prior. So I would say yeah. those two guys were the ones that really kicked the door open. And then for Travis and I, we were able to actually see someone else go through it. Dustin Cohen also went to the NFL from that team as well, man. And we were able to see them go through that process. And for me personally, I can't speak for those guys, but for me personally, it was a blueprint. And the way you talk about one of us making it, that's how I looked at those two. I was like, dang, they made it. Okay, now it's our turn next. Now we can make it. I felt like I was supposed to make it. If, if that makes sense, because of those two. I was like, okay, those two did it. Okay, now it's my turn. We're up next. This, it's our turn, Travis. And we were blessed to get that done, man. Yeah, and it, like you say, it's, I didn't even play football, but I felt like I made it when y'all made it. <laughs> watching, Wally, watching Wally's world through that Sweet 16, man, we all were Red Hawks, man. We all were in the Sweet 16, man. I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yes, sir, man. And so, man, let, let me – I like I like asking th- about this moment, man. Um, I mean, you got drafted. Number one, what was it like to see your na- hear your name called? And then number two, what was it like when, you know, you finally, you know, in San Diego and you first put on that jersey for that first time and you're on the field? Let me how, – how were those two moments like Those were amazing moments, man. So – it's funny. I have to be honest with you, and uh, I'm, I'm honest to a fault a lot of times. The actual draft, when I was drafted, I was upset. So back then, the first day was the first three rounds, and then the second day was four through seven. And so I sat there the first day waiting for my name to be called. Get down. Sorry, I got a bad dog. <laughs> I got a bad dog. So once I was drafted, I was in a bad mood. Now, I will tell you this much. When you get drafted, they call your phone, they get your plane ticket, you go to the airport, and you fly out right there at that moment. And so mm-hmm. on that plane ride is when I was able to really appreciate the grind. On that plane ride when I really was able to say, wow, man, like, I'm an NFL athlete. Like, like, like they just sent me a plane ticket to come to San Diego just to meet them and fly back. I didn't go work out. I didn't go, you know, I didn't do anything. I just met them, took some pictures, and came back. And I was like, whoa, this is a multi Wow. You know, like, okay, now I see what's going on, you know. <laughs> and uh it was just the feeling and the accomplishment, man, was just it took a while for it to sink in, for the anger to leave from not being drafted higher. But once it did sink in, man, it, it's nothing short of one of the best feelings I've had in my life, other than uh marrying my beautiful wife. Um as far as when I actually put the uniform on in San Diego. It's crazy because I wore number 19, okay? And in the late 70s, there was a guy by the name of Lance Allworth. You might have seen the throwback jersey, and he was a great receiver. <laughs> and the press came and asked me, like, yeah. wow, how did you get number 19? And do you know who that is? And I didn't know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who it was, man. And so the bottom line is, though, I, I realized that I was a part of a major organization, you know, and that that organization would – eventually help support my family 
Um, it would help me to achieve my dreams. And running out on that field with the perfect cut grass, seeing Rodney Harrison, God bless the dead, Junior Seau, seeing all these stars, man, and we're on the same team. And they walk up to me and say, come on, let's go. And I'm like, whoa, okay, oh, yeah, you're right. We are on the same team. All right, let's go. <laughs> and it, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. But I do have to tell you the story about the one of the two times I was starstruck. It was my first game, and we're playing against the San Francisco 49ers. And everybody's warming up on the field pregame. And Jerry Stokes and Terrell Owens came out opposite of everybody else. So they came out later. And as they were taking their lap, I got caught just staring at Jerry Rice. I was in the middle of the field, and I was supposed to be warming up with the team. And I got caught just staring at him, man. It was the GOAT, man. I was on the same field, and I was about to play a game against the GOAT. And for the life of me, man, I had a tear come down my eye, man. And I tightened back up once the coach cussed me out because I wasn't doing drills. But for a moment, I just like, man, dude, I'm on the same field as Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is the reason why I play football. He was skinny. And so watching him play made me think that I could play as well. And that's why uh, um, that moment, man, was just, uh, it was mesmerizing for me as an athlete, as a person. Man, bro, that, that's that's how I was with Mike, oh, yeah. bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the you know, starstruck story. I was, with, I was with Michael Vick, and we were partying in Atlanta, and we were going out, and we were going up the steps of the VIP, and Michael Jordan's walking down the steps. And, you know, when you see somebody you know, you might give them a little jab in the chest, like, hey, man, how's it going today? So Vic walks up to Mike and goes, hey, how you doing today? And I'm like, and Mike starts walking down the steps, and I, I hit Vic in the back of his head. I say, man, if you don't introduce me to Jordan, man, what's wrong with you? He's like, oh, my bad. So he he goes grab Jordan and we go sit down at Jordan's table and we talk with him. He's got the big stogie in his mouth. And he told me I had a good game that day because it was after the game or whatever. And I was like, wow, I'm at the table with Michael Jordan. Like, this is crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Some great memories there, man. And, and, you know, you were were in San Diego, Mm -hmm. Atlanta, uh, Detroit. You also won a great cup, man. I mean, it's so many memories there, man, and some success as well, man. What was give me give me a couple memories from your NFL career, man, from your uh, football career that that are probably your you top know, ones. My memories have a lot to do with my family, man. I, I just love my family, and so the second ever game I played was in Atlanta, and my family's from South Carolina, and my grandfather, man, God bless the dead, was able to watch me play a game, man. Uh, my grandfather is not a football fan; he is an Atlanta Braves fan. I watched the Braves growing up my whole life, right, but. His son had made it to the professional leagues, and he was a little older, and he found a way to get there. One of my cousins shows up on crutches from a from a motorcycle accident. My auntie's over there looking like my auntie, and I can just remember being in the hotel lobby, speaking with my family, man, and just seeing the love. Now, these memories have nothing to do with a game, but just the fact that they were there, and they were there on behalf of me, and they were there to support me like they had done my entire life, brought the situation back to normal for me. And I was able to go out and yeah, play a small wow. game, man, and continue to do my thing. And I earned a starting role. And it was just it was just that moment there. I never will forget that preseason game in Atlanta when I got a chance to see my family and just helped balance me out, help me remember where I'm from and who I am. And it was a uh, it was definitely um, an emotional time for sure, man. But on the field, man, it would have to be uh, my third year versus New Orleans Saints. man. I had my first ever at the 100 yard game. Um, I made a highlight that is currently uh, still on Michael Vick's highlight reels of 50-yard plays, and um, I had 100 yards. Uh, I got a game ball. Uh, 
I had the game winning catch. Uh, it was a member. It was a game that I just I, I could never forget. I can never forget. Man, that's 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 great, bro. And back to the family uh, piece, man. It, it's just when things come full circle, it's the people that you ran around in, in diapers around and, you know, grew up with, man, and, and was around yeah. the house with. And then you there and they supporting you, you know, while you walking in one of your dreams, man. That, that's hey, amazing, bro. Everybody puts you on a pedestal, circle. you know, when you get there, man. And then, you know, it takes your cousins and, and, and your brothers and your sisters and your mom and your aunts and them to bring you back to reality. Like, you ain't nobody but that little nappy head boy we used to push around the yard, you know? Like, yeah, you're right. That is who I am, man. Let me go out here and just be me, you know? And it was a great feeling, man. It was a great feeling. Yeah, good stuff, man. It's it, great folks that come out of, out of the St. Louis area. And, you know, you got yourself, you know, another great hey, wide receiver that was at man, Miami, I Mark Nance. Nance. Man, I said, Doc, I helped you, man, to come here and break my records, bro. Me and Nance laugh about that to this day. Because his actual <laughs> high school team that he played for was my last high school game, so we played in the same conference. It wasn't like just St. Louis; like we were right around the corner from each other, man. And then when I heard he had broke all my records, man, I gave him a call, man. I said, "Man, I knew I shouldn't have told you to come there." Our <laughs> <laughs> name, yeah, man. Player, man. You got you better got... individual, man. Every time I talk to him, every time I hear about him, man, he's just doing great things, man. But that's the Miami way, and you know that. You. Yeah. It is the Miami way, bro. And then you got uh, Terrell yes. Jones. And, yes, sir. Melville um, High School. And I like to always say this because I tell the kids this now. You know, I coach you seven on seven and we travel and we win and we're a big deal and all that. But I always tell my kids, man, one of my proudest achievements is opening the gates for the St. Louis area to Miami, Ohio. I was the first ever recruit from St. Louis to go to Miami, Ohio. Right. And so I always give I always like to pat myself on the back because I opened the door for everybody who's from St. Louis to be there, whether it's Ryan Terry at the D-line, whether it's Terrell, whether it's whoever it might be, Martin Nance, whoever it might be, man. We have a new kid now in Miami of Ohio, too, I want to let you guys know about. He plays on my squad. His name is Derez Snyder. He will be playing running back for Miami of Ohio next year. Be looking out for Derez. Trust me, we got a steal with that kid. Man, that's great, man. That's good. Yeah, first kid yeah, my man. I signed with my school, man. I've never been more proud of my life, man. Love his mother to death. Great family, man. You guys uh, will love Derez Snyder when he gets there. Trust me. Yeah, man. It's that's amazing that you're doing that. I definitely want to get into that piece, you know, with you helping the young fellas and, you know, uh, but yeah, man. The the, the yourself, the, the Martin Nances, the, the yeah, yeah. T Jones, this Ryan on, Terry. Man. Everybody came from St. Shook something, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. You... No, no, no. Go ahead. No, go man, ahead. I tell everybody that in a heartbeat, man. You get a St. Louis kid, he's going to make a change in your program. Yes, sir, man. Man. So, yeah, definitely want to get into this piece, man, as we uh, wrap this thing up, man. Uh, man, you've been helping the young people. You know, I, I've been seeing different things on, on social media for a while now. Man, just kind of talk about what you do, man. And, and how you've been involved with the young guys and just being a, a mentor and just a leader for them and helping them to, to walk into their futures, man. Talk I'll about it a little my bit. My comments would stop me, Lewis, if I go too far. Bro, when I tell you <laughs> that coaching these kids is better than any touchdown I have scored, better than any draft I've ever been a part of, man, I am not lying, man. 
watching these kids grow as men, man, is the most important thing, man. And the things that they accomplish, you know, we use football as a tool to make them do the right thing. Right now, you got to get your grades together. You got to think about a major. You got to think about financial aid. You got to think about, you've got to think about things as an adult. You got to think about things about is dealing with your future. And so when I get a chance to work with our boys, it's amazing, man. We are Explosion Sports Academy. Uh, the football team's name is called Flight. Um, it's ran by a man by the name of Greg Wayne, who has become a, a great friend of mine. He was in my wedding not too long ago. And nothing short of amazing when it comes to putting together a program for kids. Now, I coach. You know, I don't do all the legwork with all the paperwork and everything like that. So he is to definitely be commended for setting this program up, man. I, I, I would ask everybody to go check out what's going on and the different opportunities that we provide. Um, watching these kids go from seventh graders to college athletes, man. I had Derez in the seventh grade, man. Watching him become a college athlete, man, has got to be the best feeling I have ever had in my life. And we've had roughly 120 plus kids go to college from our program over the last six years. I could be lowballing that. But I don't want to tell a lie and go too high. Uh, but we have a 97 percent in, in our program. So our kids go to school. And that's what it's about, man. Um, on the football side of things, uh, we kick butt, man. <laughs> I don't know how to say. Uh, yeah. We don't play around, man. We, we get the city's best. Um, I definitely thank the city of St. Louis for believing in us and what we do. Um, but with the best, you need to go shake something. And that's exactly what we do, man. Two years ago, man, we won six different tournaments, man. Six tournaments, man. It's, it's, it was unheard of. Uh, last year, we put together two tournament championships, man. And you have programs that have been involved for eight to ten years that have never won a championship. So we travel from Atlanta. Uh, we won tournaments in Atlanta. We won tournaments in Vegas. We won tournaments in Chicago. We won tournaments in Detroit. Uh, we won tournaments in Nashville. Um, so we just try to travel the country, man. But the best thing about those trips, we always choose universities to go visit. So Purdue University has hosted us for something. I hate to say this, but Toledo has hosted us for something. <laughs> uh, uh, gosh, Michigan has hosted us for something. Jim Harbaugh had us up there last year. Uh, the list goes on, man. I don't want to bore you with that side of it. But um, watching these kids receive their national acclaim, man, whether it's Rivals, whether it's Scout.com, Watching that turn into a college degree, bro, it just doesn't get any better, man. And, it, and fulfilling for me because it allows my football relevance to or my football knowledge to stay relevant. And so I, I'm truly appreciative of the opportunity. Everybody thanks me left and right and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you all have no idea what you do for my life. And so it's a, it's a family, man. It's bottom line. It's just a family, man. We're year around with our kids. Only time we leave them alone is during football season when they go back to their coaches. I'm truly blessed to be a part of this uh be a part of the program man that, that's really good stuff man I, i'm glad it's kind of like i was in hoop man the next best thing to plan yeah. is coaching and being around the game and you get that chance to just be around the game and use what the lord has blessed you with and ability and knowledge to be able to sow into the next generation could man that's be amazing, stated bro. better allows you to use what the lord gave you man that it could not be stated better because that is exactly what happened man you have to think that your path in life is for something and figuring out what that something is is very difficult. But when you do, you can, I believe, achieve real happiness. Man, amazing stuff right there, man. Man, listen, man, this has been great, man. As we close this thing out, man, you know, I like to, you know, give my, my guests an opportunity to just, you know, if there's like a, a quote, a scripture, a saying, uh, 
some your grandma might have told you just something that over the years you you've held on to that has kind of drove you in hard times just a it could be a nugget a wisdom nugget or just something that you can leave with our listeners that'll help them you know as they go after their dreams and goals or or just excel at whatever area of life they're in what's something that you can leave with our listeners today that can help them as they walk Great away from question, this episode man. you know there are there are multiple things man that I could use man but the one I would have to say that I live by you get out of you get out of something but you put into it man and, 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 and there's no gray area in that. Give something your all and watch what comes out of it. Give something a half effort and watch what comes out of it. And the reason why I love it, because it's all about accountability. What are you doing to change the situation? What are you doing to make things better? You know, we all do a lot of finger pointing, uh, but um, I can't think what coach it was. But he told me, you need to point your thumb more than you do your finger. And you will see a lot more results and you will make yourself a lot more happy. So, you know, if you decide to do something, man, give it your all, man. And if you fail, you fail, you know, but but you fail knowing that you gave it your all and you, you'll be at peace with that. You know what I mean? You get into something and you, and you half heartedly do it, man. And you see the results. You're like, dang, I wish I would have tried harder. Well, time is one thing we don't get back, man. And so you got to take advantage of that when you can. Man, it's amazing wisdom right there, man. And coming from somebody that's done walked that out, man, it's just, it's just amazing, man. And, and I'm so appreciative of, you know, you taking time, bro, out of your, out of your day from your family to hop on, man, and just talk about, you know, what God has done in your life, man, and blessed you throughout the years with the game of football, man. I, I appreciate you letting me interview you, man. And it's an honor for me, man, because I, I got a chance to, you know, walk the, the same campus you did, man, and, and know who you were and, and just see that grind, man, and, and proud to call you one of my Miami brothers, man. So I appreciate you letting it's me It's a Miami you, thing, man. man. It's a Miami thing, man. Go Red Hawks, baby. So I hope you enjoyed this. And um, as we uh, leave this podcast, I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, David Roberts State Farm. Um, David Roberts State Farm. Um, if any auto, home, um, any insurance um, type needs that you have, um, they will provide it for you. Um, they will take good care of you. Um, you can contact them at agentdavidroberts.com, agentdavidroberts.com, or give them a call 419-420-7700. And for my partners, Dr. Dish, um, you can reach out to them on social media, drdishbasketball.com or on social media, Dr. Dish B-Ball. And like I mentioned before, you know, if you are in the market of a brand new shooting machine, um, you can join the likes of Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Florida, countless other excellent and amazing programs. Um, join the ranks of them. Um, improve your shooting percentage of your players and your team as a whole. Um, this machine, Dr. Dish Machines, will definitely help you and, and for um especially for this holiday season um you can save an extra $300 on the Dr. Dish machines the Rebel the All-Star model or the CT model when you just mention the interview you podcast mention the interview you podcast in your purchase and you will receive an extra $300 off of the Rebel the All-Star or the CT models of the Dr. Dish shooting machine. So make sure you visit them for your shooting machine today. Well, hey guys, I enjoy talking about this um, defense, talking about my book, shouting out my partners on this episode of Interview You. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.